Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. We're going to be seeking God together today as we're continuing the series called Shadowing Jesus. We're going to shadow Jesus today and put ourselves in this passage that we're going to read in just a moment. And it's going to impact you, transform you, and challenge you. I want you to know something today. I love you. I love you so much. I miss you. I miss seeing your faces. I miss just hearing you and and us all being together and, and just spending time together. That will come soon. But until then, we're still going to unite together in the unity of the Lord and experience the blessing of unity as we gather and we continue to press into God together. Before I get into the message today, I just have a couple things I want to share with you and, and, uh, and just give you a heads up about a couple things. One, I just want to ask all of you who are joining us online, and since we're all online, if you get the opportunity, hop over to Facebook or Google Reviews and, and just give us a review. Tell us how we're doing and uh, give us a, the review that, that you want to give, but just encourage also other people. If you love your church, hop over, give us a review so that other people who are searching can see how much you appreciate your church as well. Also, if you have any stories of what God is doing through your life or what God is doing um, to you or how God's using someone else to minister to you, if you could just share those stories with us so that we can highlight these at faith.familyatfaith.church. Just shoot a quick email in, faith.familyatfaith.church. And then also this Easter week and Resurrection Week, I want to invite you to something really special for us across our whole church. I'm going to invite you to take communion with my family, my wife and I, my kids Seth and Ellie, on Good Friday at 6.30 p.m. We're going to be in my house, and we're going to take communion together. And I think it's just a special time as we remember this significant week of what Jesus has done for us. And it's a great opportunity for you and your family to be together. And so what you're going to need to do to prepare is just have something to drink for, for, the, uh, for, the, for the element that represents the blood of Jesus and have something to eat for the element that represents the body of Christ. And so you'll be in my home with my family. And I'll lead all of us together on Good Friday at 6.30 p.m. And you'll see some more instructions about that coming up. It's just going to be a special time for all of us as a church across the city, in our homes, wherever we are, taking communion together. It'll be a lot of fun for us. And then also, I want to uh, just give you a heads up. At the end of this service is a very, very special announcement about our Easter service. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you hang on and make sure you listen to it because uh, it's, it's going to be really exciting for us as a church. So today we are going to witness as we read this passage, as we're shadowing Jesus, the glorious attributes of King Jesus. I titled this message today, Jesus is King. And we're going to come into the account as Jesus rides into Jerusalem. And we're going to learn about what God is saying to us because I know He wants to encourage you. I know He wants to give you a sense of security today when things don't feel so secure. I know He wants to minister to you. I want you to feel the, the love and the security of God today. And He's going to give it to you today as we look at the truths of what has happened and happening in this passage. So Jesus rides into Jerusalem. 
And it's the beginning of his journey to the cross and his resurrection, which we're going to celebrate next Sunday. But we're going to watch him today. and We're going to learn from him and allow the reality of who Jesus is to comfort you, to build your faith, to anchor you, to heal your life, to calm your anxiety. This is the, what's called the triumphal entry of Jesus. But here's the question, as I was looking at this, I asked this question, and I asked you, why did Jesus need a triumphal entry? Because he's Jesus, because he is fully God and fully man. He doesn't need anyone to give him a triumphal entry. He doesn't need anyone to acknowledge him as the triumphal one. Do you know why he had to do it? You know why he did it? Because he did it for you. This is about Jesus being triumphal for you so that you can triumph over every circumstance in your life so that you can know that you, that you are, this is not about you doing it on your own, you trying to figure it out on your own, you trying to, to muster up the strength on your own or the faith on your own or the, even the provision on your own or the healing on your own. This is about you acknowledging and you seeing today that your Lord and your Savior, He is the triumphal one that has already triumphed over every, every difficulty, every trial, every sickness, everything. And so as you put trust in Him, you can rest assured that you have victory in front of you. And so I want us to see this today. I want us to be challenged by us today, and I want us to be encouraged today, us as a church family across this city together being lifted up to another level together. So let's read. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 21. You have your notes there. That's at the bottom of your screen. You can print them out if you'd like to do that. Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. Let's jump into this story as we are, as we are putting ourselves along the streets as Jesus rides in to Jerusalem, starting verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you're going to find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. And he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt. The foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks over them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, now listen to this, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is what's been referred to and called over, over the years, the triumphal entry of Jesus. And so I want you to know that before this account happened, this is Jesus coming into his city. It's his capital. It belongs to him completely, 
wholeheartedly belongs to Jesus. He's writing into his capital, Jerusalem. But leading up to this account, Jesus had preached, he had taught, he had healed for three years. He had ministered all throughout Israel. And now he rides in during the Passover week. He was entering the holy city within a period of eight days from this moment. Jesus, he comes in, he cleanses the temple. He challenges religious leaders. He institutes the Lord's Supper that we're going to do together on Good Friday. He is arrested. He was tried. He was crucified. And then he was raised from the dead. And this is the week, I want you to hear this. This is the week that we're celebrating this week that all of creation had been waiting for. All of creation had been waiting for this moment that the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth would begin to make his way into the city and to the cross. The events of this week that we're looking at today were planned. I want you to hear this. Were planned before the foundation of the world was ever made. This wasn't just a week of fulfillment for the ministry of Jesus. No, 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 no. Listen to this. This was the week of fulfillment for all of human history. For all of you as an individual. This is the week that your life hung in the balance that Jesus decided to make his way to Jerusalem. This is the week that all of creation had been crying for, longing for, for this moment. The Lamb of God makes his way to the altar of the cross. Jesus comes to Jerusalem. He rides in on a donkey. He asserts himself as the Messiah, the promised king who would save his people from their sins. And this isn't just about the Jews that all of these prophecies would talk about. This is about Jesus. His saving rule would extend to the nations, would extend to you and me. This is the week that all of this was done for, so that it was done for you, that we were a part of the purpose of God, that we were called to submit now as he is the king every part of our lives to his rule, to his reign, to his kingship. He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all adoration. He is worthy of total abandonment and total abandonment of worship and full surrender of your life and my life. He is is worthy of all praise and worship that we can give him because of his kingship. That's what we're looking at today. The kingship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is king. This is so important for us to understand, especially during these times. Because things feel out of control. You can forget that actually the God that calls us by name sees you. That Jesus, the one that we serve and have given our life to, he is actually the king. And we can rest assured. And I just want you to be encouraged today as we look at the attributes of Jesus the King. Let these resonate deeply in your bones. So here's the question. What kind of king is Jesus? What does this passage show us as Jesus is riding into Jerusalem? And this is what I really believe. I believe the the Word of God defines every question or answers every question that we could possibly have. And I believe that God designed every detail of this scene 
that we just read to show us the kind of king that Jesus is. The kind of king that you need to know he is to give you assurance in your spirit and in your heart today. That if you are in Christ Jesus, then you can rest assured and you can be confident that God has you and he has you in his hand through this time. So what kind of king is Jesus? Number one, very simple one, he is the ultimate king. This is what really this passage shows us. He is the ultimate king. Jesus is the ultimate king who, orda- who, who this whole situation was ordained, ordained where there would be a donkey and there would be a cult at a certain time for a certain purpose in, a, in an intersection of time and space, the exact moment that would be ready for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem, Jerusalem on. When the disciples asked to take the donkey, Jesus said, you're to respond to them. Now listen to these words. The Lord needs them. The Lord needs them. What Jesus was saying to them and what he was saying by him riding into Jerusalem and having this this donkey and colt set aside, he's telling you today that he is more than just someone's teacher. He's more than just someone's personal leader. He's more than just your savior. What Jesus is telling you today is and, and, and wants to give you comfort today and strength that he is Lord of all. The Lord needs him. That's what this passage is showing us. There's a saying that says, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I think that saying is right on when it comes to your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants you to know today that he has you. You know him and he knows you. He has all that you need because he's the ultimate king of the Lord of all. He's the Lord of all. You know him. He knows you. And therefore, since he is the ultimate king, you can rest assured in his faithfulness towards you. So what else? What kind of king is Jesus that we're celebrating this week? Number two, that he is the king spoken of long ago. This is the moment that was prophesied about 500 years earlier as Jesus rode in to, for his coronation truly as a king. This is the event that was spoken of by the prophet Zechariah 500 years ago that the Messiah would come in this manner exactly the way that we see it. And when Zechariah is prophesying this, he's telling God's people at the time that they had had, they had constantly had earthly kings that failed them, that disappointed them, that they put their hopes in and then that hope was dashed because of a king's unfaithfulness or inability to lead properly. But Zechariah was telling them that there would one day come a true king 500 years later. And this king would be a king that would ride into Jerusalem the week before Passover. And here's the great thing about this whole idea. Because we know that came true because we just read that today. Here's the great idea. Here's the the great significant truth about this whole idea. That God is the divine orchestrator of our lives. Just as God can orchestrate a, a prophecy from 500 years before a certain event, He can definitely orchestrate things that are going on in your life. And just like God orchestrated the colt and the donkey on Passover week riding up Mount Zion 
as he orchestrated and spoke to the prophet 500 years before it happened, what that says to you today is that nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing takes God by surprise. The situation we are in as a country and us as individuals, this did not surprise God. God knew this would happen. What this tells us also that God will provide everything you need for his plan to be carried out in your life. Just like he provided in this situation with Jesus to fulfill the plan of God through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, he will provide in your situation everything you need for you to fulfill and walk in God's perfect plan for your life. I want you to hear this today. Nothing can thwart God's plan for your life. No man, no virus, no government, nothing can thwart God's plan for your life. This is what we know today, that he is the king spoken of long ago. This shows us that God holds every circumstance, every situation in his hands. And this is what we're celebrating today, that we have a savior that can work on our behalf can work for us when we don't even see it happening. He is for you. He's not against you. He's with you. You can rest assured in that today. So Jesus, our king, what, kind of, what, what, what other kind of king is he? That brings us to number three. He is the king that saves. He's the king that saves. He's the king that sees us. He's the king that has come to save us, to pull us out of a situation that we have no control to get out of. This is why the crowds, as Jesus rode in to Jerusalem, this is why the crowds were shouting, Hosanna, which means save us now. Bring salvation to us now. He's the king that saves you. I want you to understand the context of this. I want you to put yourself in this event that's happening on the streets of Jerusalem. This was Passover week. This was a time in Jerusalem that the population would grow to five or six times its usual size. People were coming to celebrate the Feast of Remembrance, a feast that reminded them of a time when God rescued their fathers and the children of Israel from the slavery in Egypt and brought salvation, now hear this, through the blood of the lamb that was placed on the doorpost of their homes. But now you have Jesus, the lamb of God, riding into Jerusalem, initiating a greater exodus than ever took place of the exodus out of Egypt, a greater deliverance than just out of a natural slavery in Egypt. He was initiating the true deliverance, the true salvation of all of mankind. This is what we see today. He was not only the, the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, he was now the Lamb of God that was gonna deliver all of mankind from the weight and the heaviness and the stain of sin on their lives. This is what Jesus was initiating. This says to us today, that Jesus can deliver us also from a physical trial, just like God delivered the children of Israel from a physical slavery. He can do that for you today. Do you have anything that you need Jesus to deliver you from? He's able to save you from that. But also the greater part of this is that he can set us free from the inside out. 
He can cleanse us. We can lay everything at His feet. He's the God that saves. Jesus rode into Jerusalem to be the Savior of your life, to save you from your own brokenness, to save you from your own mistakes, to save you from your own fears, to save you from your own anxieties, to save you from your from from the from the your own the own the the stain of sin on your life the depravity of your mind he came to save you from things that you can't save yourself from because he is a good god that's what we're remembering this week he can save you you need to know this your jesus is a king that saves saves you from everything that is not his will. That's what Jesus can do to you today. I want you to anchor your heart to that. He is a God that saves. Please know that today. Where do you need him to save you? He's able to do that. So what kind of king is Jesus? Number four, what do we see from this passage? He is the humble king. In the passage it says that He's a gentle king. He is the humble king. He's humble. Jesus didn't come as an arrogant, pompous king like most earthly rulers would. That's not how he came. He was humble and he was gentle. We, we, don't, we don't fully grasp this idea of royalty because we haven't we don't really see it and experience like they would have back then but throughout time throughout history the king would be honored in fear and in reverence at his coronation he would be dressed in extreme splendor he'd have the most influential wealthiest people close around him cheering him on he would be in the presence of everything and everybody that's important but Jesus surrounded himself at his coronation with common people, lowly individuals, not people of riches or wealth or influence, but he came as a humble, gentle servant. He didn't come in majesty, but in humility and in weakness, riding on a donkey. Meaning for you today, Hear this today. Your problems that you're facing are not minuscule to God. They're not unimportant to God. So many times we think, you know, Jesus, oh yeah, he's the, he's the ultimate king, but you know, then what does he care about my problems? No, this, this passage shows us he came for you. Common people that are in need of him. That your trials are important to him. Your pain is not something that God doesn't have time for. He's a humble and a gentle king who cares deeply for you, who cares for your emotions today. He cares for your, for your mental health today. He cares for your physical health today. Everything about your life that concerns you concerns Jesus because he's a humble king. He came for you. You need to know that today. He sees you. I want you to know that today. As your pastor, I, I want you to see Jesus as the one who, 
who takes time with you, who leans into you. When you can't get off the couch, he gets down next to you and listens to you. When you're riddled with fear, he leans into you. He wraps his arms around you. He holds you. He comforts you. He consoles you. He's a humble and gentle king. Receive that today. He sees you. He loves you. This week of Easter, yes, it's about him, but it's about you. He saw you long ago, and he said, I'm going to do this because they can't do it on their own, because I care for them. I don't want them walking through life trying to carry their own burdens. I don't want them walking through life trying to sort everything out. I want to be there for them, with them every day. I want to give them my yoke that is easy and my burden that's actually not a burden at all. It's light. He's a humble king. Let him help you today. Cry out to him. And the last one about what kind of king is Jesus. Actually, number five. He's the king of peace. He's the king of peace. Zechariah, speaking of the coming Messiah, 500 years before this account happened, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 10, says this, meaning Jesus, the Messiah, will proclaim peace to the nations. Jesus is the king of peace. It actually... It's very important for you to understand it wasn't uncommon for a king to ride a donkey. It actually wasn't. It's important to know that there was an actual, there was a, a, a time period or there was a, a season for a king to ride a donkey. Very, very common. If the king was going to war or if the kingdom was in a season of war, the king would always ride a war horse as a picture of power, as a picture of, of strength. Now, if the kingdom was not at war, the king would ride a donkey as a picture of peace. And the fact that Jesus came riding on a donkey, he was saying something about his kingship. He's speaking to his mission that he came to make it possible for you and I and for the world to have peace with God. To have peace in our lives. Because he knew that we could not without him. As a matter of fact, Luke records in chapter 19 of this same account when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the crowd was also shouting, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Peace in heaven. They recognized that this was a king of peace. Jesus is our king of peace. The one who sees you, the one who gives us peace between us and God. The one who was going to the cross to satisfy the distance between us and God. The turmoil that we were in because we were distant from God. He's the one who gives us peace also between each other. He's the one that can reconcile your broken relationship with someone else. We are reconciled to God through Christ. And we are reconciled to one another in Christ's family. This is a moment that we realize my church really matters. 
Before even starting this today, I walked around the family worship center. And I just was brought to tears because I so appreciate you. So appreciate my church family. We come from all different walks of life. But this is the week that we're celebrating. It's Christ Jesus who unites us in peace with one another to be what he calls the body of Christ. And what the Bible calls the local church of believers, the local gathering of believers. I love you. Jesus was showing us this week that he has come to bring us peace between each other, to unify our hearts together, to glorify him, to bring him praise. Jesus would come to bring peace for the nations. And this is what this week is all about, to remember the last days of the suffering servant, paving the way for us to have peace. The peace of God, please know this, is not contingent on circumstances. It's it's contingent on him giving it to us. Receive his peace today. Receive it right where you are. You receive it right now in the name of Jesus. His peace that comforts you. That takes all these things and just gives you a sense of well-being and peace. If you need his peace today, ask him for it. Ask him for it. Actually, we have one more. He is, what is this king that Jesus is to us today. Number six, he is the king that rules the world. (laughs) He's the king that rules the world. Let me just tell you something. COVID-19 doesn't rule the world, okay? Doesn't rule the world. Jesus does. You need to know that. You need to know that. Actually, nothing rules the world, has superior power, than Jesus. Jesus rules over every leader, over every prime minister, over every king, over every president in the world. And what he has accomplished and what we are remembering this week, we need to do it fresh and anew. This is good news for all people of the world. Jesus is the king that rules the world. Jesus is king. So Zechariah 9.10 says this, His rule, meaning Jesus' rule, will extend from sea to sea and to the ends of the earth. Your Jesus rules the world, and he's your personal friend, Savior, King, and Lord. He knows you and calls you by name. You can meet him on your couch right now. You can meet him in the middle of the night. You call on his name and he runs to you. He's the one that's longing to hear for you, hear from you. He's the one that's waiting for you to call on his name. He's the one that is that is always present in your time of need. He's the one that rules the world. You don't have to worry about the world because Jesus is ruling it and he has you in his hand at the same time. That's good news to you. That's what we're remembering this week. I know that we are in uncharted territory. But our God is aware of what we're going through. Jesus is the king that rules the world. The Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. You are an overcomer whether you feel like one or not. You are victorious because of Jesus, whether you feel victorious or not. 
You have provision for you, whether you are struggling to see it or not, because Jesus has provided for you and will continue to do so. You were not in this alone because you have been brought into unity with the body of Christ called Faith Bible Chapel to be you have family for with you and for you and praying for you and here to serve you. You are not alone. We are in this together and you will get through this in Jesus' name. For those in Jerusalem this day, Jesus rode into the city. They had the concept that the Messiah was going to do it a certain way. And I know all of us are thinking, God, I think you should take care of this virus this certain way. They actually thought, from, from a political standpoint, that Jesus was going to ride in and take power over, over the political system. That he was going to do things in a way that they would understand. Now, hear this, hear this. They thought Jesus was going to come to their rescue. They had already created in their mind, this is the box that the Messiah is going to fit in. This is exactly how he's going to handle all this. This is exactly what he's going to do. But God didn't do it their way. God did it another way. And what we know today is that God's way, this week that we're celebrating, was the best way. Because it encompassed the whole world. They wanted Jesus to set them free from a political system. But God was actually doing something greater. He was setting them free from their sins and setting the world free from the wrath of God. God is doing the same thing in these circumstances. God's doing the same thing in this situation. We think, God, we think you should do it this way. God is in control. He's going to do it his way, and it will be the best way. That's what we can trust God in this circumstance. We want want to bring this to an end. I want to bring to the end. I'm praying that God brings this to an end, that, that, that people don't get sick, that people don't die because of this virus. I want, I want God to do it, but I'm praying in a way that makes sense to me, in a way that makes, makes me feel secure, in a worldly system. But God's ways are not our ways. God does not fit in our box. But what we do know, and this is what I want you to know, what we do know is that our God is good, and he's the king that rules the world. He is, he, he is considered every element of this whole thing. He is at work, and he will work it for the good of the world. He has the situation in his hand. He will bring forth his glory, and we will bring forth, he will bring forth his resolution at his time. He will bring forth his purposes in your life and in the world, and in my life and in us as a church. We're going to shine through this because our confidence is in a, in a global king that rules the world. He is in control. This is our confidence this week, that we have a king, and his name is Jesus, and he rules. So do you need encouragement in anything in your life? Listen, then Jesus is the answer. So remember this, your king is the ultimate king. He's the ultimate king. He's the Lord of all. Do you need assurance? Put your faith in that. The king... He's also the king that was prophesied about long ago, meaning God sees all things. He's very aware of everything we're going through. 
Also, he's the king that saves no matter what your circumstances are. You can call out on him and he will meet you right where you are. He's the humble king that cares deeply about everything that you care about. He's the king of peace and comfort to you. He settles your spirit and strengthens your assurance that he's got this. And he's your king that rules the world. He's your king that has all of this in his hand. He's the king that's working on your behalf. So let me encourage you today. You be encouraged. Let this be a week that you delight in the kingship of Jesus Christ. He rules and he reigns and he has you and he has the world in his hands. And let's walk this week together celebrating what Jesus did this week for us and for the world. I love you. I miss you. We care for you deeply. My family and I pray for you daily. Our staff is praying for you. Thank you for your friendship through all of this. Thank you for the, for the emails. Continue to reach out. Let's stay connected. We love you. And we will be back together soon. Let me pray for you, and then I want to give you the special announcement regarding next weekend. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we recognize today that it's important for us to anchor our whole lives and belief system on the kingship of you, Jesus, that you rule and you reign, that you are the one that's the ultimate king. You're the humble king. You're the servant king. You're the king of peace. You're the king of the world. You're the king of restoration. You're the king that knows all things. You're the king that leads us, and you're our king. So, Lord, we put our trust in you today. God, I want to pray for our families today. God, I want to ask you that you would minister to them right now in Jesus' name. If you're sitting next to your family, just reach out and take their hand right now. As I bless you today, if you're, if you're by yourself, just place your hand on your heart. If you're a young adult, just receive the blessing of God today over your life. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for our, for our people in Jesus' name. God, I ask you that you would fill every room right now with the overwhelming presence of you, Jesus. Lord, I ask you today that they would receive the blessing from you that comes from my mouth and my lips right now. I bless you today in the name of Jesus. I command all fear, all anxiety to be silenced in the name of Jesus. I command the favor and the blessing of Jesus Christ over your life in Jesus' name. I speak over your relationships with one another that you would grow and strengthen as you continue to place Jesus at the center of your home. I pray right now for fear to be relieved from every child in Jesus' name. God, I pray for every young adult that they would sense your overwhelming call on their life, that they are called and have been set apart by you to do great things for you in this world, in this time. Lord, I pray for provision. I pray for protection over our church family as their pastor. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say, come on, say it together, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, visit faith.church. That's faith.church.